John chapter number 12. Sorry about that. And I just want you to look at verse number 1. John chapter number 12 and look in verse 1. The Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had uh, been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Now, um, the, the rest of the... The, well, most of the passage that we read here goes into that very famous story about Mary and uh, anointing the feet of Jesus and the head of Jesus tells us in other passages and, uh, you know, doing that thing there and, and that's a real famous story and we're going to get to that next week. But what I, what I, I want to take some time and uh, just teach you something and if you look at verse 1 again, it says, Then Jesus, and I want you to take note of this, it says, Six days before the Passover came to Bethany. So six days before the Passover, he was at Bethany, he was with Lazarus, he was with Mary, he was with Martha, he was having the supper. Alright? Now, drop down and look at verse number 12. Verse number 12. The Bible says, On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees, and went forth to meet him, and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, this is a real famous story also, and it's, this is what's known as Palm Sunday. I'm, uh, I'm sure everybody here has probably heard of Palm Sunday before, um, but it's a holiday that uh, we as Christians celebrate, and it's when Jesus came in to uh, Jer- Jerusalem there, and, and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at it in a little bit, but certain prophecies were uh, fulfilled at that time. But what I want you to see is this. The Bible says that when he had dinner with Lazarus, with, uh, with Mary, with Martha, it was six days before the Passover. And then it tells us on, in verse 12 that on the next day, so that makes it now five days before the Passover, you follow my logic, I'm sure, um, is when they had this Palm Sunday um, and this entrance into uh, the city there. Now, I want to preach to you a sermon tonight and uh, just more of a Bible study. We reserve our Wednesday nights for a kind of a Bible study type thing. But I want to talk about Jesus as He fulfilled the requirements of the Passover. And then I want to show you just the timeline of the Passover. Now, first of all, you got to understand this. Go with me to John chapter number 1. Uh, keep your finger in John 12 because we're going to come back to that. But go to John chapter number 1. I just want you to sh- see one verse. John chapter number 1 and look at verse number 29. John chapter number 1 and verse 29. We're going to look at it with some detail here in a second. But the Passover was the lamb that was slain once a year uh, for the atonement of sins there in the book of Leviticus and Exodus and in the Old Testament. John chapter number 1 and verse 29, the Bible says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit in a, a couple weeks ago, but uh, in the Bible... Things that were done in the Old Testament still apply in the New Testament unless they've been specifically repealed. Do you remember we were talking about that a little bit? I don't remember what service that was, but... uh in the Old Testament, they used to have what was called the Passover, and they had sacrifices. Now, we don't perform sacrifices today as local New Testament church because that would be blasphemy. That would be blasphemy because Jesus uh, is the Lamb of God. So, Jesus was our Passover. Those things that they did in the Old Testament, they were a picture of Jesus. He was to come, alright? So, I want you to see there, John one twenty nine that John looked at Jesus Christ and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God would take away the sins of the world because Jesus is our Passover. Now, when they did the Passover in the Old Testament, they had specific specific requirements, specific things they had to do. And Jesus had to fulfill those things in order to be our Passover. So, point number one is this, and it's pretty easy to understand. Jesus is the Passover, and certain things in this Palm Sunday was one of those requirements that had to be done in order for there to be a Passover. Now, let me uh, sort of, by way of introduction, explain this to you, because you're going to have to understand in, in order to get the, the sermon uh, tonight. You've got to understand the, the Jewish daily schedule, okay? When I'm talking about the daily schedule, I'm talking about their seven-day uh, week, their, their 24-hour periods, all right? Our, today, our, uh, our, our schedule goes from 12 to 12. From midnight is when uh, a day begins, and then it ends at midnight, you know, the next day or whatever. So, our days will start in the middle of the night. So, like tonight, it's Wednesday night, you know... 11.59 p.m., when, once that minute goes by, it's 12 a.m., and then a new day started. The Jewish uh, schedule was different. Let me show you that. Just go with me real quick to the book of Genesis, chapter number 1. Genesis, chapter number 1. Real quick, uh, we'll look at a few verses. And I want you to see how the Jews 
their 24-hour period, which actually I think makes more sense than how we have it, but, you know, whatever. If you look at Genesis chapter number 1 and look at verse number 5, Genesis chapter number 1 and look 5, just, we'll just look at what God established as the day and the night, or as a... As a as a 24-hour period, if you look at verse 5, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And look what he says. He says, In the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, we generally think of the beginning of the day as the morning, and then the night being the latter part of the day. But the Bible says that God called it the first day, and He put, He said the evening and then the morning. So He put the evening first and then the morning. If you look down at verse 8, it says that God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. If you look at verse 13, and the evening and the morning were the third day. If you look at verse 19, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 23, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good and the evening and the morning were the sixth day so if you see there God himself when he uh, wanted to explain a 24 hour period he referred to it as the evening he put the evening first and then he said the evening and the morning and he said that was a 24 hour period now the Jews the way they did their calendar was that their day started at 6pm alright now I got a I, I made a uh, and I got a I, I apologize if this is very crude Moses why don't you wake up and come over here and help me? Grab one of these, and uh, I'm just joking. He wasn't, he wasn't asleep. No, no, no. I was, jo- I was joking about you sleeping. I'm trying to keep you from being asleep. Why don't you give one of these to every person here, okay? Go take one. He wasn't sleeping. He was almost asleep. Uh, I'm just joking. Take, take one of those, and what I'm handing out is a fill-in-the-blink outline. No, I'm just joking. I'm not passing out a fill. If you were here on Sunday, you were here on Sunday night. Uh, that's not a fill-in-the-blink. Hey, a fill-in-the-blink outline is like the land of Egypt. No, what I'm doing, no, what I'm passing out is I made a table because what I want to teach you tonight, it, it, it would be easier if you saw it, all right? So I made a, a timeline. And I apologize, it's kind of crude. I just did it today, but I want you to look at it and don't don't get ahead of me and start reading and start trying to figure things out. But I want to show you a few things so you can understand what I'm trying to teach you. And I was just going to try to teach it to you, but I was confusing myself without having it written down. So I just wanted to see it, uh, for you to see it, but don't worry, there's no place for you to fill in, and anything like that, and if we could just get those screens that I've always wanted, then I could just put it up there, and then, I'm just joking, you know I'm joking. Alright, so, so look at this, look at the very first column of that, alright, and what, that sh- what it's showing there is, it's showing our 24 hour day versus the Jews 24 hour day, and I want you to just see it, okay? So the Jews have a, a seven day week, obviously, like we do. They, their first day of the week is Sunday, just like it is for us. You know, most uh, Gentiles today think that Monday is the first day of the week. Monday is not the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. But if you look at how their 24-hour period goes in regards to our 24-hour period, it's different. Alright? Their first day of the week, which would be Sunday, starts at 6 p.m. on Saturday for us. Does that make sense? So on Saturday at 6 p.m., that's the evening, that's when their Sunday starts. And it goes until our Sunday at 6 p.m. You see what I'm saying? It's the same thing as ours, pretty much, except a six-hour difference. Ours, our, you know, Sunday would start on Saturday, you know, or at midnight. You know, but they just started at sundown. And that, to me, that makes more sense that they would start a new day when the old end, you know, the old day ends. You know, instead of just starting in the middle of the night like we do, but, you know, whatever. So, but I wanted you to see that. So, on Saturday at 6 p.m., our time. I'm talking about, you know, our American, civilian, Gentile way of thinking about it, is their, the Jews, first day of the week. That's Sunday, alright? Now, their Sunday will end, or, or their next day will begin on Sunday at 6 p.m. our time, will begin their Monday, and it will go until Monday, 6 p.m. our time. Does that make sense? Do you, do you see there what I was trying to show? I hope this makes sense. From Monday, 6 p.m. to Tuesday, 6 p.m. would be our third day of the week, which is Tuesday. From Tuesday, 6 p.m. to Wednesday, 6 p.m. would be our fourth day of the week, which is Wednesday. From Wednesday, 6 p.m. to Thursday, 6 p.m. would be, uh, that's our time, I'm sorry, that would be their fifth day of the week, that's their Thursday. From Thursday, 6 p.m. to Friday, 6 p.m. is their sixth day of the week, Friday. And then from Friday at 6 p.m. to Saturday, 6 p.m. is their seventh day of the week, or what's known as the Sabbath, it's the, the Saturday, alright? So what I want you to know is that at 6 p.m. our time, according to their calendar, their new day will have already started. They don't have it at midnight like we have it at midnight. They started at 6 p.m. and it ends at 6 p.m. And that's why God, when He said, you know, the first day was, you know, the evening, 
He was referring to that 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. That was the evening. And the morning was that 6 a.m. to the next 6 p.m. was one day. Their 12-hour schedule. Does that make sense? Do you see that? Okay. Now the reason I want you to see that is this. If you look at our, our text there in John, the Bible says that six days before the Passover, Jesus was having supper with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. On the next day, which would make it five days before the Passover, the, he, he came, you know, and, and He was presented there at Palm Sunday. Now, in order for you to understand this, the other thing we've got to look at is at the Passover itself. So go with me just real quick to the book of Exodus, chapter number 12. Exodus, chapter number 12. My wife says I say this all the time, and I apologize if I do, but obviously, you know, tonight's is going to be a little different, more of a Bible study. I know I always say that, but I figure I did enough yelling on Sunday night, so if you look at Exodus chapter number 12, and I want you to look at verse number, uh, let's see. Well, let's just begin reading at verse number 1. Exodus chapter number 12 and verse number 1. This is where God established the Passover. Now, just for you to get the context, uh, the Israelites were in Egypt. They were in bondage. God has, you know, been performing miracle after miracle and plague after plague to try to get the Egyptians to uh, get out of bondage there. And He's getting ready to perform His last plague, which is going to deliver the tenth plague, which is going to deliver them out of Egypt. And what He's going to do is that He's going to kill the firstborn of every family animal, person, it doesn't matter. So every animal, you know, the firstborn of every calf, every dog, whatever they had, is going to die. And in the, for humans too, the firstborn son of every single Egyptian, or every person in Egypt, is going to die. And God said, and this is all a picture of the cross, God said that they need to take, well let's just read it. Let's read it and then I'll, I'll explain. Exodus 12 verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So God just stopped and said, I'm going to deliver you from, from Egypt. And He said, just, let's just stop right now. It doesn't matter where, you at in, where you're at in your calendar. He said, let's just make right now the first day of the month. And we preached a sermon on that for New Year's Day. I won't uh, re-preach it, but you know, there, there's a good thought there. When God delivers you out of bondage and when God delivers you out of Egypt, God at the same time, God said, let's just start over. It doesn't matter where we are in the year, we're going to make this the first year of the month. And you know, that's a good uh, challenge there to think about. You know, when you get right with God or, or when you get saved or when you get right with God, you can just start over and say, we're just going to start right now. You're going to get a fresh start. So that's what God did. He said, you know, this is going to be the first, the beginning of months, it shall be the first month of the year to you. Look at verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month, alright, so that's the first day, that's the first month of the, of the year for them, which, you know, we find out in other passages, is the month Abib. Bible says, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. So on the tenth day, of the first month, they were supposed to take a lamb. So they chose a lamb on the tenth day. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor uh, next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. So if there was a house that had, you know, was kind of small, they could pair up with their neighbors and take one lamb for the whole house. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. So it had to be a lamb that was without blemish. It had to be a male of the first year. He sh- um, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Alright, so you see that? So they choose it on the 10th day. They keep it till the 14th day. So what are you doing with it for those few days that they're keeping it? They're watching it. Alright? They're making sure that there's no defect with it. They're making sure that it's healthy. They're making sure there's nothing wrong with it. And then the Bible says in verse 6, And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Do you see that? So on the 14th day in the evening. Now to us, you automatically think that's towards the end of the day, but to them that's the beginning of the day. Because their day starts in the evening. You're, they're going to take it on the 14th day. They're going to kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts of the upper door post of the house. Wherein they shall eat it. So this was the Passover. I'll just explain real quickly. They were to take a lamb on the 10th day. They would Every single person would choose a lamb on the 10th day. They would then examine that lamb until the 14th day of that month. On the 14th day of that month, the whole congregation would come together. Now people think that it was just every person individually... 
did their own thing. But the Bible makes it clear in verse 6, it says, And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So the whole congregation would come together on the 14th day, they would kill the lamb, they would take the blood, and they would put it on the post of their house, is what the Bible say, uh, says. So then, when the angel of the Lord came there at the Passover... And he, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came to kill the firstborn of every house. And when the angel would come, and he would come to a house, and he would see the blood of the lamb that was on the doorpost of that house, then he would pass over that house, and he wouldn't kill the firstborn. That's where, we, that's where the name Passover came from. Does that make sense? And obviously that's a picture of salvation, because just like... Just like then, today, you know, when somebody dies, the angel of the Lord is going to take, the Bible says the angels will take you and they'll cast you into hell unless they see the blood of Jesus Christ applied on the doorpost of your heart. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He takes the blood and it, and it washes you. You know, have you bought, been washing the blood of the Lamb and we sing all those songs? And, and the posts there represent the cross because He was crucified on the cross and they put the, the blood on the cross. So that's what the Passover was. All right. Now Jesus Christ is our Passover because that Lamb that they took... When they killed that lamb, that lamb, what they were doing was, because it would be like, let's say that I lived at that time, and I had my son Joshua, I had my son Joel. Now, if I was disobedient, and I didn't want to do the Passover, then my son Joshua would die, because he's my firstborn son, okay? But what I could do was, I could take the lamb, and I would kill the lamb, and the lamb would take the place of my son. Does that make sense? So as I put the blood uh, on the doorpost of my house, and the angel would know, a sacrifice has been made for the child in this house, and there's been a lamb that has been sacrificed and I don't have to take that death because that lamb took that place. Jesus Christ is our Passover. This is all a picture, remember, of Jesus Christ. Jesus was our Passover because when God looks down at me and He sees the blood of Jesus Christ applied on the doorpost of my heart, then He knows I don't have to cast Him to hell because Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, has already taken His punishment. Alright? That's why you can't earn your way to heaven. That's why you can't be good enough to go to heaven. That's why you can't work your way to heaven. You, there's nothing good that you can do to get you to heaven. Because the only thing that can get you to heaven is the fact that the Lamb was slain for you. Which is Jesus Christ. Alright? That's the Passover. Now, Jesus Christ had to fulfill those Passover requirements. What was the first uh, requirement? On the tenth day of the month, the Lamb had to be chosen. Well, in the New Testament, when that lamb was brought out and presented, because when a lamb was chosen, it was presented to the congregation, that is what we were reading there on Palm Sunday. If you, if you, if you look down at your little thing, because i got it written down for you there. Look at the timeline of the Passover, and then look at what it says, actions taken for the Passover. So the timeline of the Passover was this. On the tenth day of the first month, of the month Abib, they were supposed to choose a lamb and present it to the congregation. Exodus 12.3. We just read that. Well, on, in John 12.12-13, the Bible says that Jesus Christ came in riding on an ass's colt, and when He came into Jerusalem there in Palm Sunday, the Bible says they took palms and they started uh, worshipping Him, and they had that there. What that was fulfilling was that exact thing where they were bringing in the Lamb of God and presenting it to the... to the. That's why it's very important, because it said in John 12, that remember He was having dinner six days before the Passover. Palm Sunday was five days exactly before the Passover. Now think about this. If the Passover is on the tenth day, right? If you look at, look at your thing there, the tenth day of the month is, the, is, is when you choose it. If you look at tenth day, eleventh day, twelfth day, thirteenth day, fourteenth day, is when they kill the lamb five days before the Passover. Do you see how Jesus Christ fulfilled that prophecy to the, to the exact point? On the tenth day, the lamb was to be chosen, um, and it was to be inspected until the fourteenth day, and the fourteenth day at evening, it was to be killed, and Jesus Christ came in on Palm Sunday, five days before the Passover, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, and the 14th day is when Jesus Christ died, and He was offered as the sacrificial lamb. Alright? Now look at... Now what, what I want you to see is this. If Jesus... Well, let me... I'm getting a little bit ahead of my notes here. Now there's obviously, and I'm not going to take the time to do it because it's just too much, and uh, once it gets closer to Easter, I'll preach an entire sermon on the Passover, and we'll get way more into it. But if you look down in your little uh, handout that I gave you, um, 
I wrote there, it says the Old Testament Passover had to be, there were certain steps that had to be taken, and if you want to just study in your own time, I wrote down some references there. Those aren't all inclusive references, there are way more references, and you know, just wait till the Easter time frame, and, and we'll preach a sermon on it on a Sunday morning. But the, the Passover had to be chosen, which Jesus fulfilled that in Matthew twelve eighteen, and then obviously John 12, when he was brought in on Palm Sunday. The, the Passover lamb had to be examined, which he fulfilled that in Luke 23, 14. The Passover lamb had to be killed, which Jesus Christ fulfilled that in Acts three fifteen. The Passover lamb, the blood had to be applied, which Jesus Christ fulfilled that, and you can find that in Hebrews twelve twenty four. The Passover lamb had to be roast with fire, which Jesus Christ fulfilled that in Jonah 2, 2, and also if you read in the book of Acts, Jesus fulfilled the roasting of fire when He went to hell. And he didn't go to paradise. He went to hell and He burned in hell. And that's how He fulfilled that. And a lot of Baptists don't believe that, but we believe the Bible here, so that's what we believe. And the Passover had to be eaten. And we preached a whole sermon on that in John chapter number 6 when Jesus was talking about how he had to, you had to eat His flesh and drink His blood. And that had to do with the Passover as well. So there are certain things that have to be... Now, I'm just, I'm just looking at the timeline. I'm not going to go through all this. And I, like I said, once we get closer to Easter, we'll preach a whole sermon on that um, if you're interested in that. But I want you to see this. On the 10th day... Now, here's the thing. Palm Sunday, we know was on Sunday. Yeah, that's why we celebrate Palm Sunday. It's very well known holiday. We know that was the first day of the week. So if you look at your timeline there, the first day of the week happened to be the 10th day of the month here in John chapter number 12. At the same time that these people, as they're getting ready for the Passover, they're still you know, picking out a lamb and choosing it for their Passover. On that same day, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and presenting Himself as the Lamb of God. For the next three days, they're going to be inspecting Him. And, it, and you know, it's, it's interesting to me, the book of John, we're in John chapter number 12, but we're already, we're just a week away from Jesus' death. And we're halfway through the book of John, but we're a week, because the book of John takes almost half of the, of the book of John focuses on those last seven days, you know, and then obviously when Jesus rose from the grave uh, after that too. But it, it, it focuses on that last week a lot. Because that's when Jesus was being examined. And, and obviously, when he was brought to uh, Pilate there, they said, I find no fault in him. They examined him. There was nothing wrong with him. Because remember, we read there in Exodus, he, he had to be, uh, you know, um, I, uh, yeah, without spot there. Uh, and he had to be a male, obviously, and all those things. He, and without spot, that's referencing to the fact that Jesus had no sin. So he had to be the, the, the perfect Lamb of God there. 11th, 12th, 13th day of the first month of the month Abib, they are examining him. And on the 14th day of the first month, at the evening, he was to be killed. And Jesus was killed. Now, look at your, look at your little schedule there. Saturday, 6 p.m. to Sunday, 6 p.m. is the first day of the week, Sunday. That's when Jesus came in on Palm Sunday. Then we have t- uh, the second day of the, uh, the week, which will be our Monday. But for them, for, uh, for them it's really our Sunday from 6 p.m. to Monday, 6 p.m., you know, and so on and so on. But look at what falls on the 14th day of the month. What falls on the 14th day of the, uh, uh, of the month, Abib? That's the 6th day of the week, right? Which is, um, which is their Friday. But what, but what is that for us? Do you see that? It's, I'm sorry, not the 15th day, the 14th day, when Jesus was, was, was crucified. The 14th day. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. That's the fifth day of the week for them. That's Thursday, right? But what is the fifth day of the week for them? What is that for us? Wednesday, Thursday, right? Do you see that? The 14th day of the month, when the sacrifice was supposed to be made, when Jesus was killed, by the way, is our Wednesday, 6 p.m. to Thursday, 6 p.m. So Jesus Christ was crucified on a Wednesday. Now you say, well, hold on a second, Pastor Jimenez. I have a question. I was always taught that Jesus was crucified on a Friday. Have you ever, you know, I'm sure everybody here has heard of this, Good Friday. Has anybody not heard of Good Friday? We've all heard of Good Friday. The kids haven't heard of Good Friday. If you went to the public school I went to, you'd hear of Good Friday. I went to this public school in the Bay Area when I was in elementary school, and it was like 99% Mexicans, you know, and they were just these real staunch Catholics, um, you know, because they're all Mexicans, so it was just all real, real Catholic school, where it's a public school, but almost like everybody there was Catholic, and I always knew when it was Good Friday, because, you know, you're not supposed to eat meat or whatever, you're supposed to eat fish or whatever, and like, they would give us, because, you know, it was a cheap 
ghetto public school. And on, on that Friday, what they would do, I don't know if they did this when my sister was going there, but they would give us like two, like, like we're supposed to have hamburgers, but because it was Good Friday, they, they weren't giving out meat. They would literally give us two pieces of bread and a piece of cheese, and that was our lunch. <laughs> like, that, that was it. So I always knew when it was Good Friday, because I, if, if I looked at my, at my lunch and it was just two pieces of bread and a piece of cheese, and that was the, the vegetarian hamburger. Um, so I always knew when it was Good Friday. But Good Friday is a, uh, a thing sacrificed when people say that Jesus died on Friday. Now you say, well, I was always taught that. But according to your little map thing you made out here, Jesus was crucified on Wednesday. Now, let, let me, let, let's do this real quick. Well, let's do this. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 12 and verse 40. Matthew, chapter number 12 and verse 40. Because you know what? At Verity Baptist Church, our purpose in life is to always be preaching the truth. That's the name of our church, Verity. So we're going to go with the Bible before we go with man's traditions. And my goal as a preacher is always to try to teach you the Bible and to not teach you man's traditions. And I want to show you why uh, there's no way Jesus could have died on Good Friday. And Good Friday is a hoax. And let me show it to you in the Bible. Go to Matthew chapter number 12 and verse 40. The Bible, now, everybody knows this. Jesus was supposed to die for three days, right? Now, here's what the, the, the Good Friday crowd, which Good Friday is predominantly a, a Catholic relig- uh, doctrine, here's what the Catholics will tell you about Good Friday. Jesus had to be died for three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And they'll say, there you go. Now hold on a second. Look at Matthew chapter number 12 and look at verse 40. Matthew chapter number 12 and verse 40. If you have a red letter edition Bible, these verses will be in red because this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says this, For as Jonas was, do you see what it says? Three days and three nights. In the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So, Jesus said when He dies, He's going to be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Now, hold on a second. If Jesus died on a Friday, is that three days and three nights? Well, let's think about it. Friday. Let's let's just say He died during the day. Friday. Friday night. Saturday. Saturday night. And then Sunday, which... I'm not sure that we should count that because that's when he rose from the grave. Was he really in the heart of the earth on Sunday? No. So, if, you, if Jesus died on Friday, we overlap over three days, but is that really three days and three nights? No, it is not. But, if you look at... Keep that in mind and go with me to the book of... Hmm, let's see where I want to take you. Go with me to Matthew. Just go with me to Matthew chapter number 26, 27 and look at verse 45. Matthew chapter number 27, look at verse 45. And there's, you can also find this in Mark, but we'll just show it to you in Matthew. Look at verse 45. The Bible says, now from the sixth hour, I don't have time to explain to you, but the way that the Jewish calendar worked, they worked on a, a 12 hour period, 12 hours in the evening, 12 hours in the morning, that was their 24 hour day. The sixth hour is what we would consider 12 p.m. or noontime, okay? And so it's from the sixth hour. Now when Mark tells us that Jesus was crucified on the ninth hour, alright? Which would, uh, uh, I'm sorry, on the, on the, well let me see, let me find it real quick. Uh, we have, I'm sorry, the third hour. In Mark, if you want to make note of this, you don't have to turn there. Mark 15, 25, it says that Jesus, and it was the third hour, and they crucified Him, and that was 9 a.m., okay? So Jesus was crucified at 9 a.m. Now, you've got to keep in mind, if you remember, Jesus had the Lord's Supper the night before He was crucified. That was Tuesday night. After He had the Lord's Supper, He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and He prayed all night long. And if you remember, while He was, remember He kept telling the disciples, can you pray with me one hour? They kept falling asleep. And He's like, can you pray with me one hour? They kept falling asleep. They were falling asleep because he was praying all night long. And then they, Judas Iscariot came with all those people with the staves and the fire and all that. And they came and took Jesus in the middle of the night. And they took him in to be judged in the middle of the night. That was totally illegal. That was unlawful. But they took him to the high priest. They took him to, remember, uh, uh, Caiaphas. They took him to his father-in-law. And, they, and then they took him to Pilate. All of this happened throughout the night. And at 9 a.m., the sixth hour of the day, he was already on the cross, alright? At, at the sixth hour, which is our 12 p.m., if you look at uh, the verse, Matthew 27, verse 44, now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. So, so the sixth hour would be our 12 p.m., the ninth hour would be our 3 p.m. So from six 
From the sixth hour, from 12, you know, he was on the cross at 9 a.m. our time. From the sixth hour, which is 12 p.m. our time, to 3 p.m. our time, the Bible says there was darkness over the entire earth. And then look at verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Uh, that is to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, uh, said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, let, uh, let, be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Okay, so we know that sometime after the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m., if you don't believe me, just look it up, study in your Bible, that's the time it was, I don't have time to go through it. The, sometime after the ninth hour, after 3 p.m., Jesus gave up the ghost. Alright? Now go with me to the... I have, I have all these notes out of order, so... Let's see... I don't want to take you there yet. Well, yeah, just go with me to John chapter number 19. Look at verse 31. And I'll explain a few things to you. John chapter 19, look at verse 31. Bible says, The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was in a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might take, that he might be taken away. Alright? So, Jesus died after 3 p.m. We know sometime after 3 p.m. And by the time 6 p.m. rolled around, before 6 p.m., the Jews wanted to take Him off the cross because they couldn't have a dead body on the cross because the next day was a Sabbath day. Does that make sense? So we know He died sometime between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. Because from uh, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. there was darkness. And then 3 p.m. He cried out, with a, you know, He gave up the ghost. And we know He died. And sometime before 6 p.m., they besought Pilate and they said, Look, can you just break their bones, break their uh, legs so that they'll uh, die because we can't keep those bodies on there because tomorrow is a Sabbath day. So, and they went to Jesus. They found he was already dead. They didn't break his bones to fulfill the prophecy that, they, that none of his bones would be broken. They pierced his side to fulfill a prophecy that he would be pierced. And then they took him off the cross and then they buried him. Alright, that happened before 6 p.m. They needed to do it before 6 p.m. because it was a Sabbath day. Now, here's what you're thinking maybe, and here's what the average person says. And here's why they, people believe that Jesus was, died on, on a Friday. They say He died on a Friday because the next day was a Sabbath day. Right? So then He had to die on a Friday. Well, here's the thing. If He died on Friday, He wasn't in the grave for three days and three nights. Okay? He had to have died on their Thursday, which would be our Wednesday 6 p.m. to Thursday 6 p.m., in order for him to be in the grave. Because think about it. Let's say he died right before 6 p.m. on Wednesday, and he was taken off the cross. That would be Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and then up from the grave he arose Sunday morning, just like Jesus said, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Alright? So, but we've got this problem. If he died on Thursday by the Jewish calendar, Wednesday 6 p.m., or sometime real close to 6 p.m. by our calendar, how was there a Sabbath day the very next day? Well, let me show you. Because see, the Bible... You can learn the Bible if you study the Bible. Now, let's, first of all, let's ask a few questions, okay? First of all, let's ask this. What is a Sabbath? Go with me to the book of Leviticus, chapter number 23. And, we'll, you know, this will all make sense in just a few minutes. Just uh, relax. And we'll look at it. What is a Sabbath? Look at, go with me to Leviticus, chapter number 3, and look at verse 3. Leviticus, chapter number 3. Because the Bible can't have any contradictions. See, if I said, well, um, you know, Jesus had to be taken off the cross because the next day was the Sabbath, so he had to die on a Friday, well, that would contradict what Jesus said to be on the, in, the, in, the, in the grave for three days and three nights. Well, then how was he on the grave on the Sabbath? Well, let's study it out. Look at Leviticus chapter number 23. We're doing good on time. Don't you worry. We're, all, you know, we will, we're not going to be any longer than normal. Look at Leviticus 23 and verse 3. First of all, let's just answer the question. What is a Sabbath? Verse 3 says this, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So, the Sabbath day is the sixth, or I'm sorry, the seventh day of the week, according to Leviticus 23.3. Pretty common knowledge. Six days your work, 
Just like God, when He created the heavens and the earth, six days He worked, and the seventh day He rested, and, you know, that was a holy day. Alright, so that's the Sabbath. Leviticus 22.3 Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest in holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So we know that the Sabbath is always the seventh day of the week. Saturday. Alright, that's where we get our first our word Sabbath. If you know uh, Spanish, you know that the Spanish word for Saturday is Sabado, which is, comes from the same root word as Sabbath. But that's not it. Okay? Look at Leviticus 23 and verse 24. Look at Leviticus 23 and verse 24. Look at what the Bible says. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath. Now just think about this for a second. He gave us a specific day, did He not? He said in the seventh month, in the first day of the month. Now that's not saying, you know, that's not like, like, um, you know, like Thanksgiving, it always falls on a Thursday. That's given us a specific date in the year. The seventh month, the first day of the month. For us, that would be what? July 1st. Okay? Now think about this. He said that this specific day, the seventh month, the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath. Now think about this. Would that day fall on a Saturday every year? The answer is no. Think about your birthday. Okay, my birthday is February 1st. 1986, February 1st, alright, you guys need to be writing that down, February, no, okay, my birthday is February 1st, does, does my birthday fall, here? Yeah, write that down, that does that fall on the same day every year, it doesn't, does your birthday fall on the same day every year, now here's the thing, God told them, the seventh month, the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, so that day may have fallen on the Saturday, the seventh day, or it might fall on a Monday, or a Tuesday, or a Wednesday, but God said this, whatever day, the seventh day, the, first, the seventh month, the first day of the month, whatever day that falls on, that day is going to be automatically a Sabbath. I don't care what day it is, that day's going to be a Sabbath. That's what God said. Alright? So I'm trying to show you, the Sabbath day is always the seventh day of the week, but there's also other days that are considered Sabbath days. Look at verse 25. You shall do no servile work there, just like a Sabbath. And you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Look at verse 26. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be an holy convocation unto you. And ye shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And look at verse 28. And ye shall do no work in that same day. What is the day that you do not work in? A Sabbath. But what was that day now? Verse 27. It was the tenth day of the seventh month. That's a specific date in the year that isn't going to necessarily always fall on Saturday, but God said on that day, that's going to be a Sabbath for you. You're going to do no servile work on that day. What I'm trying to show you is this. In the Bible, they had the Sabbath every seventh day. But every time they had a religious holiday, a holy convocation, a, a special feast, God said that day, I don't care what day of the week it falls on, on that specific day, that's going to be a Sabbath as well. Do you see that? Now, look at verse 37. And I'll show you this a little more deeply. Leviticus 23, 37. These are the feasts of the Lord. Because he just got done explaining all the different feasts that he wants them to have. He says, These are the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, and a meat offering, a sacrifice, a drink offering, everything upon his day. And look what he says in verse 38. Beside the Sabbaths of the Lord, and beside your gift, and beside all your vows. And he goes on. What I want you to see, that first part of verse 38, he said, he said all these days are besides... The Sabbath, the regular seventh day. Does that make sense? So he's saying you're always going to have a day of resting on the seventh day. But he said all these different days I just told you about, these specific feasts that I told you about, these are going to be special Sabbaths besides the regular Sabbath of Saturday, of the seventh day. Does that make sense? Everybody following my, my, my logic here? Now go back with me to... Well, go, look at verse 4 in, in Leviticus 23, 4. Leviticus 23.4. We're doing good on time. Leviticus 23.4. Look what it says. These are the feasts of the Lord. Even holy convocation. You see that word there? It's talking about that special day, right? Which you shall proclaim in their season. In the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. So what is the feast of the Lord? The Lord's Passover is one of those feasts. When is it held? The 14th day of the first month 
at even. So does that mean that the 14th day of the first month, when it's the Lord's Passover, Passover, what is that day automatically going to be? Because it's a holy convocation, because it's a special day. What is that day going to be? It's going to be a Sabbath. Does that automatically mean that the 14th day of the first month is always going to fall on Saturday? No. It could fall any day, but whatever day it falls on, it's going to be a Sabbath day, because it's a holy convocation. Look at verse 6. And on the 15th day of the same month, so the very next day, because the Passover is on the 14th day of the first month, and the Bible says, and on the 15th day of the same month, so the very next day, is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you shall, you must eat unleavened bread. So we see there that the 14th day of the first month is the Lord's Passover, a, a Sabbath day, because it's a holy convocation. And the 15th day of the same month, so the very next day, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That is a Sabbath day also because it's a special day. Alright? Do you see that? So the Sabbath day, I mean the Passover is always a Sabbath day, and the very next day after that is another holiday called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now go back with me to John chapter 19, and look at verse 31. John chapter 19 and verse 31. We're going to wrap this up here in a little bit. Just going to teach you the rest of this. I might yell at you a little bit. I'm just joking. I don't know if I'm going to yell or not. Not really in a yelling mood tonight. But look at John 19. Look at verse 31. John 19, 31. And look at the Bible. you got to understand this when you when you're in the Bible. The, God does not add fluff like the average preacher. No, the average preacher just talks and talks and talks. And they got to, you know, at least hit that 30-minute mark. You know, God is not like that. When God writes something in the Bible, He writes that for a reason. Look at John 19.31. John 19.31. The Bible says, The Jews therefore, because it was a preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. And then you see there in parentheses, what does that say? For that Sabbath day was an high day. Do you see that? So what was the Sabbath day that was going to happen right after Jesus died? Was it the seventh day, the Saturday? No, it was not. It was a special high day. Why was it a Sabbath day? Because it was the Passover. Because remember, He came in on Palm Sunday five days before the Passover. He died on the 14th day of the first month, which would be our Wednesday night, 6 p.m., and then He was taken off the cross because the next day was a, was a Sabbath day. Does that mean He died on Friday? No. He died on their Thursday, our Wednesday night, and He had to be taken off the cross. And the next day was a Sabbath day because it was the Passover day. And the Bible makes it very clear in parentheses there, for that Sabbath wasn't a regular Sabbath. It wasn't just a regular Sabbath that came. It was a high day. Do you see that? Is that pretty clear from the Bible? Now think about this. Jesus dies on the cross. He's offered as a Passover lamb. He goes into the grave. The Bible tells us he went to hell for three days and three nights. He didn't cover three days. He was there for three 24-hour periods. Three days and three nights. The next day was a high day. The Passover day. The 14th day of the first month. That was a Sabbath day. The next day was also a Sabbath day because it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We saw that in Leviticus. And then the third day was just the regular Sabbath day because we know that when Jesus rose from the grave, the women came on the first day of the week, which was Sunday, and they found Him already risen from the grave. If you read your Bible, you'll see, you know that that's true. Think about this. Jesus died on the cross, and the next three days that He was in the grave, God worked it out to where they were aligned. Every day was a Sabbath day. Isn't that amazing? Jesus Christ died on the cross. He, he gave up the ghost. He went to hell. And God said, we're just going to put a stop to society. We're just going to stop society. Everything's going to go. Everything's going to shut down. No one's going to go to work. No business is going to open up. Nobody's going to do anything. Because my son is paying for your sins on the cross. You see, isn't that amazing? When you study the Bible, don't you see how it just opens up when you compare spiritual things to spiritual things? Now, here's the thing. I could have gone to a commentary, opened it up, and here's what it would have told me. Jesus died on a Friday. Because they allow Catholic tradition and man's traditions to... But if you just take the Bible and you open it up, and you read it, and you understand it, and you study it out, then you can see, no, Jesus did die before the Sabbath because that, that was a high day. It was the Passover day. And the next day was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then the third day He was on the grave was just a regular Sabbath day, and He rose from the grave on the first day of the week. So what I want, you, I want you to understand that because when you're looking at this, I don't want you to look at it and be like, this, there's no way this is right because of Good Friday. No, Good Friday is a hoax, my friend. Good Friday is not true, my friend. Because if Jesus died on the cross on Friday, He was not in the grave for three days. Just think about it. He was not in the grave for three days and three nights. He was not in the grave for three 24-hour periods if He died on Sunday. But if He died on our time Wednesday at 6 p.m. and He was taken off the cross and put in the grave, 
He was there for three days and three nights. Amen. And he had to be taken off because the next day was a Sabbath. Alright? So, look at... Just let's look at this real quick. We have some time. Look at John chapter number 12, look at verse 14. I'll just show you this real quick. John 12, 14. The Bible says this. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Sion. Behold, thy king cometh, sitting in an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. Now this is a prophecy of Jesus being uh, coming in uh, on the Palm Sunday there. And you don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. Zechariah 9.9 is a prophecy that's being fulfilled at this moment. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So you see there that prophecy being fulfilled. Here's a challenge. Here's what I, wanna, here's what I want you to understand. Okay? Why does the entire world celebrate Good Friday when the Bible clearly teaches otherwise? Think about it. Why did my public school feed me two pieces of bread and a piece of cheese on a holiday that the Bible doesn't even talk about because it doesn't exist? Here's why. Because the Bible says, see, I, it's, you can't be mad at these people. And look, let, let me say this first of all. We, we do not hate Catholics around here. We love Catholics. I try to get every Catholic I know saved. But we do not, you know, we're Baptists, and we do not agree with the religion, and here's why. And, you know, we're talking about Catholics right now because they're the ones that primarily teach this Good Friday stuff. But any false religion, the Pentecostals, the Presbyterians, whoever they are, here's why it's hard to be mad at them when they get these things mixed up. Because here's the thing, they're not saved. The Bible says when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit of God. When you believe on Jesus Christ, you are sealed with the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit will teach you the Bible. As you read the Bible, if you give the Bible to an unsaved person, they can't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to them. It's just words on a page. But when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit of God. Now you can read the Bible. Now you can study the Bible. Now you can get these things. And look, you're not going to understand it all the first time you read it. But what about the fifth time you read it? Or the sixth time you read it? You know, by the time you've read the Bible cover to cover ten times, you're gonna, things are going to start opening up to you. Here's why. Because you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to teach you the Bible. But these people, they're not saved. And how do you know they're not saved? Because they believe in work salvation. Because they believe you've got to get baptized to be saved. Because they believe you've got to repent of your sins to be saved. Because the Pentecostal will tell you that you've got to speak in tongues to be saved. Because they're not saved. Alright? Now here's the thing. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the words of truth. So, the Bible says that you as a Christian have to study the Bible. And you're able to study the Bible by doing this. Having the Holy Spirit of God when you got saved. You can learn the Bible and read the Bible. Now, isn't it a shame? Think about this. Okay? And, and like, like I said, we're, we'll use the Catholic Church as an example. Because they're the ones that uh, predominantly teach the, the Good Friday hoax. But think about this. The, the Catholic Church, or just any religion, they have a pope, they have priests, they have all these you know, cardinals, and all these full-time people that they're, what they're supposed to be doing is studying and learning and knowing the Bible, right? And getting all these doctors straight. How, I mean, isn't it a shame, and honestly, think about this, isn't it a shame that a 24-year-old who passes a church on his spare time while still working a full-time job can open the Bible and figure out what it says? But a whole religion of people just get fooled into serving two pieces of bread and a piece of cheese because they don't understand what the Bible says. You know why? Because I've got the Holy Spirit. You say, well, is it because you're so special? No, I've got the Spirit of God. And you've got the Spirit of God. And when I'm teaching this to you, you can learn it. You can understand it. You can get it because you're saved. Alright? And, and what I'm trying to challenge you is this. Get in your Bible. Read nine chapters a day. Read the Bible this year. Learn the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Just get in it. Turn the television off. Turn the radio off. Turn whatever you got to turn off. And just read. Turn the Game Boy off and all those things. And read the Bible because you've got the Holy Spirit. And you can learn it just like anyone else can. There's nothing... Look... I hate, you know, if you've been taught this your whole life, I'm sorry, but here's the thing. There's no difference between the pastor and, and the people. You've got the King James Bible like I got a King James Bible. You've got 24 hours in a day like I got 24 hours in a day. And you've got the Holy Spirit like I got the Holy Spirit. And you can learn it like I can learn it. And that should be an encouragement to you to get in your Bible. And don't allow yourself to be taken down in these roads of tradition where we just accept things because, well, that's just what they ta- say. That's what everybody says. 
Why would I open up a commentary and tell me that, that uh, Jesus was crucified? You know why? Because half of those commentaries are written by Protestants who came out of the Catholic Church. So what are they doing? They're bringing their Catholic doctrine with them. Baptists were never Protestants. You study that, that's a whole sermon in and of itself, and we'll, get it, we'll do that some other time. But I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to challenge you to get in your Bible and question everything. You say, should I question you? Question me. You know how you question me? Every time you come to church, you bring your Bible with you, and when I say, look at Leviticus 23, you go to Leviticus 23, and, you're, and you look at it and you say, I'm going to make sure that I'm not getting lied to. Because you can understand the Bible just like I can get it. And you can learn it just like I and you ought to learn it. Like it says in the book of Acts about the Bereans, that they were more noble because they searched the scriptures to see if those things were true. And every time we, we preach a sermon, you ought to be in your Bible and you ought to be looking at it and you ought to be follow, trying to follow logic because I can make mistakes too and I'm a human being just like you are. But here's the difference. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And we gave you there, you know, if you want to study it out, you can take this or leave it, whatever. But Jesus came in on Palm Sunday on the 10th day of the first month on the 14th day of the month, he was crucified. He was in the grave for three days and three nights, which was three Sabbath days in a row. And he rose up from the grave on the seventh day. He died. And by the way, that's why we have church on a Wednesday night. I don't know if you know that. We have church on Sundays because Jesus rose from the grave on Sunday. And we meet on Wednesday nights because Jesus was crucified on Wednesday night. Our, our, our time Wednesday night, 6 p.m., Jesus was already on the cross. Well, By the time we meet here at 7... And that week that he died, he was already on, in the grave. Because he died. You know, and, and i got to ask this question. You know, I feel bad for all those people who skip, uh, who, who, who don't come to church on Wednesday night. Because, what, you know, what better thing could we be doing than opening up the Bible and learning about Jesus Christ on the night that he was crucified? You know, what, what do you read? You know, we give Sunday to God because he rose from the grave. But rising from the grave only happened because he died. On Wednesday, and that's why we meet on church on Wednesday. That's, that's not the only reason, but that's one of the reasons. So, if you have any questions about this, I'd be more than happy to answer them after the service. Um, you can keep this to study it out if you want, and I hope you filled in all those blanks because I'm really into that. So, let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, so much. Thank you, Father, for our, our church. And Lord, I ask that you just help everybody here to have taken the sermon and learned it, and Lord, to receive it with the right spirit. Because the truth is, we're not here to try to anger anybody or try to be mean to anybody, but we are in here for this purpose, verity, truth. We want to know the truth. And Lord, thank God that we have the Holy Spirit that will teach us the truth and will guide us in the truth. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for our church. I pray you would bless